Today's episode is sponsored by the New Zealand Homeopathic Society. They're a charitable organisation dedicated to raising awareness and supporting the growth of homeopathy in New Zealand. You can become a member and receive amazing benefits such as access to an online introduction to homeopathy course for beginners from the College of Natural Health and Homeopathy. You'll also have access to the members-only section of their website where you'll find past journals and articles to download or browse. And you'll receive their quarterly newsletter via email as well as a variety of articles on homeopathy, up-to-date information on homeopathic news, tips on how to use remedies for common ailments and upcoming events. Plus, you'll receive 10% discount on remedies purchased from supporting pharmacies, Similimum and Celine Homeopathics. And if you're a book lover like me, be sure to check out their online bookshop. It is amazing. To become a member of the New Zealand Homeopathic Society or to purchase some of their books, visit www.homeopathy.ac.nz. That's homeopathy.ac.nz. Membership is currently only available to people living in New Zealand. Today we speak with homeopath Rachel Welsh, who also featured on a recent episode with a colleague, Emma Dalton. In today's episode, though, she's going to be speaking with us about another amazing organization called Homeopathy at Wally Level. So in Aussie translation, that means homeopathy at gumboot level. (laughs) And this is an organization that helps farmers to use homeopathy with their animals. If you want to find out more, visit their website, www.hawl.co.uk. So that's www.hawl.co.uk dub.h for homeopathy, a for at, w for welly and l for level.co.uk. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now my mum and your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangout. Today, we are hanging out with homeopath Rachel Welsh. Welcome, Rachel. Hi. It's lovely to have you on today. And um, I'm wondering if you can maybe tell our listeners a little bit about how you were first introduced to homeopathy. Yeah, sure. Um, I lived in Hong Kong for um, about 10 years, and that was uh, during the 1990s. And um, I had no idea what homeopathy was. And my daughter, who was born in Hong Kong, um, became really unwell with lots of ear infections. And um, she had lots of antibiotics and she got lots of upset stomachs from the antibiotics. So we were on a real roller coaster of ear infection, antibiotics, upset stomach. And we did this for a few months and I decided that perhaps we needed something different. So um, fortunately, I was taking her to a little play group and um, on the wall there was a sign saying, do you want to learn about how to support your family's health more naturally? So I signed up for a six-week course in homeopathy uh, with a brilliant homeopath who was actually from Tasmania. Um, and I learned how to use homeopathy with my family, which was great. And um, really the story started there. Um, came back to England um, in 1990. And then in about 2015, after my three children had got big enough um, to allow me to do a bit of self-study, I trained to be a homeopath. So I've been a homeopath now for 10 years. Amazing. And today we're going to be talking about a project called Homeopathy at Welly Level. And um, 
I didn't quite get the name at first. So uh, just for those listeners of ours that don't quite understand what homeopathy at at Welly level means or is, Mm -hmm. can you tell them a little bit about what it is we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, Homeopathy at Welly level was actually an initiative um, by a homeopath um, with a farming background based in the west of England, which is near Tetbury. Uh, For any of you who know the UK, that's sort of near Gloucester and Bristol. And she went to the Royal Homeopathic, uh, sorry, the Royal um, Agricultural College. And she did her undergraduate dissertation on how to use homeopathy on the farm for farmers. And what she found when she did her research is that farmers were sometimes using homeopathy, but they didn't really understand the principles behind their use and weren't using homeopathy particularly uh, effectively. So she decided it would be a good idea to come up with a short course, which was accessible for farmers, people who had never studied any homeopathic study before, Uh, in order to have a good working knowledge of the theories of homeopathy Mm. and also to have a small kit um, of remedies that they could use straight away with their animals and they could actually see some good results. Um, And so she was inspired by Billy Colony. I don't know if you know him. He's a a Scottish um, comedian. Basically, um, he he had something going on where he was talking about wellies and wellies and welly level, um, meaning grassroots. So she decided that she would use wellies because we say wellies in the UK, but I think you say gumboots. Gumboots, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So the equivalent is homeopathy at gumboot level. At gumboot level, at grassroots level. I love (laughs) it. That is such a good name. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, interestingly, the name Hall, so it's H-A-W-L, that's the sort of acronym that's come Mm -hmm. up. In Welsh, Hall means, you know, you have legal right to do something. So uh, it's got a double whammy in, in, in Wales, which is, you know, by studying this course, you have a legal right to wow. do it and your joke. But uh, that's what she says is actually interesting because, you know, in the UK, it's very strict. We're not allowed to treat other people's animals uh, I've as, heard about as homeopaths. Yeah. It's crazy. But if you own the animal, uh, you can treat your animal with whatever you want. Mm. Um, so the idea of homeopathy at welly level is that we teach farmers how to use homeopathy more effectively so they can treat their own animals mm-hmm. and then they work alongside homeopathic vets and homeopaths that are also part of the organization and then we mentor them so mm-hmm. they are actually making all the decisions but we actually work alongside them so it's a mentoring process rather than us administering any homeopathy and they have to purchase all the homeopathic medicines themselves So we don't actually prescribe and provide. We just basically offer an environment for them to bounce around some ideas. That is so cool. I I love that saying where there's a will, there's a way, because uh, I think that is just absolutely ridiculous that homeopathy, which is literally the safest medicine on the planet, Mm. um, Mm. that uh, governments think that they can tell you you're not allowed to use it on your animal Mm. when steroids and all sorts of drugs are prescribed Mm. willy-nilly to dogs and they have so many allergies and infections and skin diseases and tumors Mm. and all sorts of things because of these drugs. Mm. 
Uh, mm. Don't get me started. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, absolutely. <laughs> that's incredible that, at the, you know, at the same time you are empowering these farmers to work mm. with their own. So it's not just the plants uh, or agriculture, but it's also with their animals. Absolutely, yeah. So it's incredible. What, yeah, it's really good. And actually the course, face-to-face course, is for three days, but it's spread over two weeks. So, mm. well, actually it's pretty not really two weeks, so it's sort of six weeks. So you go for week one and then you have week two off Then you go back for week three, you have week four off and you go back for week five. And then on week six, you're sort of just tying up you know, what you've learned. Um, so originally when the course was written uh, about 2001, it was all face-to-face because that's how Chris basically administered the course. And it was actually on one of Prince Charles's farms because Prince Charles is very pro-homeopathy. Of course, with the pandemic, it forced the organisation to start thinking about doing the course online. Mm -hmm. And they had a really big demand. And so now I teach for them. So I teach face to face, Mm -hmm. uh, but I also teach online as well. So we have adapted the course rather than being three full days online, which is a bit much. It's broken down into six smaller chunks. Um, it's great because we've had farmers from all over the world joining the course online. So one of the courses I did, there was somebody in two in America, somebody in Norway, and then the UK, Ireland, and somebody in Spain. So <sighs> You know, it's great because it's actually spreading the word much more widely. Uh, haven't had anyone in Australia yet, but there are some people who are interested. And Chris Lees is interested, actually, if there's any farmers or smallholders out there who want to learn how to use homeopathy more effectively. She does have some contacts of experienced homeopaths who are also teachers who are interested in trying to do perhaps a spin-off, which is... Australian base the problem is the time zone so different between the UK and here um that they have looked into running it from here but think actually it would be better to spread the initiative into Australia so and New Zealand so if anyone is interested they can contact Chris Lees at the organization that's amazing that it's just so great that you're empowering these people all over the world and one of the good things that have come out of COVID, I think, is that many people are starting to think more on a global scale now mm. that we see, mm. well, every, most of the things that we were doing face-to-face, we can actually do mm. online. And mm. it's actually expanded our thinking a lot. So mm. there definitely has been some good things that have come out of it. Mm. I just want to backtrack. Did you say you had face-to-face classes on Prince Charles's farm? Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Farms. I, yeah, I was cool. aware. I never that- saw him. I was aware that he had an organic sheep farm. And um, so was that where you had it? Um, Well, there wasn't many sheep there. They did have a dairy herd. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. That is so cool. And, yeah, yeah, he has definitely been a really, I mean, you can say about him what you like, Mm. but he has been Mm. a really good advocate for homeopathy. And, you know, in in spite of the fact that he's had so much splashback or whatever the word is that you would push Mm. back from the mainstream media, he's Mm. always stood up for homeopathy, you know, through the decades, which is amazing. That's right. And his mum and his grandma and great-grandma. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Absolutely. That's right. So is there anything else that you can tell us about the organization a little bit, like a little bit more about what they do and, and maybe sure. some success stories and, and yeah, also how people yeah. can get involved? 
Yeah, absolutely. So basically what happens is when people join the course, they don't have to have any background whatsoever in homeopathy. Mm -hmm. So what we basically teach right at the beginning is how to use just six homeopathic remedies. And those homeopathic remedies are really tied to the crises that sometimes happens for animals on the farm, which can precipitate disease. So if you think about it, an animal is outside all the time and it's really affected by weather. Mm. So we often um, think about how the weather is going to have a big impact on an animal's health. So if it's going to be a cold, dry wind, um, if it's going to be damp, if there's going to be snow, which obviously we get here in the UK, uh, if it's going to be very hot. Uh, all of these things make a big difference to an animal and can really start to lessen their vital force. Um, do you want me to say what vital force is? Or yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> it's been mentioned so, a few times, but we can never hear it enough. <laughs> yeah, okay. So your vital force is basically your innate energy that you have in your body that keeps you healthy. So if something happens to you in your life, like an accident or a shock or a, or a disease or a virus, um, it's going to have an impact on your on your vital force. So for animals um, on the farm, we're looking at what things could actually start to pre precipitate disease mm. rather than treating the disease when it's actually happened. So the big crises for animals is weather change, obviously, mm. but things like weaning is extremely stressful for herds. So, you know, if anyone's been on a farm when all of the calves have been taken away from their mothers, there's a lot of noise. And this stresses the animal out. Um, you know, we could go on forever about how do animals have feelings. Mm. And we don't really know that. But um, certainly they're upset when they don't have their young. So mm. we would be looking at remedies which are to do with separation and grief. Mm. So there are remedies. Ignatia, for example, is a really good remedy that we often use with humans when they are grieving. Mm. And we teach our farmers how to use Ignatia when they are about to separate the young from the mothers. And it really reduces the amount of stress. And when you reduce the amount of stress in the herd, you're much less likely to get disease. Mm. So... That's one thing that could cause a lot of stress. Uh, the other thing is if there is an accident. So, you know, maybe an animal falls or a, you know, a dog gets in with a, with a herd of sheep or flock mm. of sheep. Um, you would treat the animals soon after that shocking event with another remedy. So mm. say aconite. Aconite is a remedy that's really good for shock and trauma. Um, we also look at routine things like birth. So we teach a couple of really simple birth remedies. Um, one is colophyllum um, or colophyllum. I don't know. Different people say it different ways. Yeah. Which is a really good remedy for helping with the birthing process. So we teach the farmers how to use that remedy. And we also teach simple ones like arnica for injuries and mm. hypericum, which is very good for injuries as well. So it's six really simple remedies that we start with and we ask the farmers to do a year plan and think about at times of the year when their animals tend to get unwell and almost without exception they begin to put together that when their animals get unwell it tends to be at times like 
a new um, stock coming into the herd or the flock. It could be moving the flock. It could be cold weather. It could be weaning. It could be routine um, checks from the vet. And when they start to see these patterns and they start to use the homeopathic remedies in advance, um, we, we say prophylactically, basically mm. in advance of the event, uh, surprise, surprise, you know, the illness seems to be much less mm. because we've already begun to calm down the nervous system of the animal. And that has meant that they are much less likely to, to get unwell. So that's basically the first stage of, of what we teach. Um, we also teach about how to treat acute disease um, with just a few remedies. So really quite straightforward and simple. So things like uh, mastitis, for example, which is really a massive problem for a lot of dairy farmers because if their cow gets mastitis and they have to use antibiotics, they can't use the milk, which has a big impact on the bottom line. Um, things like foot disease, lots of very common diseases for young stock. Um, so we treat, we teach them how to deal with things like coughs and um, diarrhea, or we call it scours in the UK. Mm. We give them uh, the tools to actually treat a lot of very common acute diseases really quickly. Mm. Um, we never tell them to not use the vet. Mm. Um, homeopathy is very much alongside what they use conventionally. But in conventional medicine, there's really nothing which can be used in advance of disease. Mm. The disease actually has to start before there can be um, something done. Of course, the exception to that is doing a vaccination process. Um, but what farmers find is that not only does homeopathy help because it keeps everything calm when the vet comes to do mass vaccination because they've already treated their animals for the stress so they tend to have better results and the animals tend not to get so ill uh, but also as the herd and the flock and the farm become healthier they're finding that they're using less and less conventional medicine uh, because they're boosting the health of the of the whole farm the other thing we do is we do teach the students on the course a lot about the principles of homeopathy. And one of the biggest um, principles of homeopathy is maintaining cause. So, you know, maintaining cause is, you know, I can give somebody a remedy all the time um, for headaches, mm -hmm. but if they're drinking a bottle of whiskey every night, <laughs> you know, they need to probably stop drinking less whiskey. So there's the same thing with uh, our farmers. So we actually get them to step back and say, what are your maintaining causes? Why, why are your animals becoming unwell? Mm -hmm. uh, and then they actually step back and say, well, actually, we notice that when the herd is on a particular field, we do tend to get more illness or we've realized that some of our housing needs to be changed or mm -hmm. feed needs to be looked at or things like even making a correlation between different herdsmen uh, can sometimes have quite a big impact if the energy of the herdsman is different oh, some animals don't really respond so well so it's a lot more than just teaching farmers how to administer homeopathy and remedies it's about stepping back and actually looking at much bigger picture about what's going on on your farm and the great thing about that is 
we really empower um, our farmers because we say that they are actually natural homeopaths mm. because good homeopathic prescribing is about observation. And farmers observe a lot more than they actually think they do. Mm. So often in the very first stages of the course, we'll ask them, how do you know an animal's not right? Mm. And they'll say, well, it's just not right. And then we say, well, no, tell us how you think it's not right. And they say, well, no, the ears are back or, or, you know, the coat is not looking good or their eyes aren't right or they're not standing in the same way or they pause before they go into the milking parlor. I mean, a, a thousand things that someone who wasn't a farmer would never see. Mm. And often farmers come out of the course saying, I've actually feel much more confident about my own knowledge and my own farming ability mm-hmm. now after doing this course and I have for many many years and also in the UK I don't know if it's the same in Australia it's quite expensive to get a vet out mm, and very, very often expensive. farmers have to really make a choice of losing an animal because it's just too expensive to get the vet mm. and the vets are busy and they just ask much less questions than we do as a homeopath and very often, actually, the questioning process, um, the farmer has led to actually what he needs to do himself mm. uh, without actually having to you know, even use homeopathy sometimes. Uh, sometimes they just actually realise what the maintaining cause is. They change that mm. and, and the animals begin to thrive. Mm, amazing you've said so much good stuff in there <laughs> um <laughs> I just quickly wanted to touch on something when you said Ignatia I always just mm-hmm. uh, clarify not not to be confused with Echinacea so Ignatia right, is made yeah. from the Saint Ignatius being such a great remedy mm. for grief and loss and mm. you know mm. how you would say you use it when the uh b- babies are taken away from their mums um I use it yeah. for the same reason with my humans is mm. uh, when you are weaning your baby where whether it's uh you, you know done very very quickly through maybe you have to go to hospital or there's something that Mm, happened that mm. has meant that you quickly had to stop feeding or whether it's a conscious decision Ignatia is really wonderful for the mum and the baby because it is actually quite traumatic when once you break Mm. that bond it's something that's very special and Ignatia just helps mum and baby Mm. to just sail Mm. through that Mm. and um, I love that you're empowering these farmers because Mm. there are so many different reasons why you might want to use homeopathy i mean it's got no contraindications so you know that your animal's not then going to have side effects from mm. the medicines mm. it's mm. non-habit forming it's uh you know and here in australia where it's such vast open spaces if you're a farmer mm. that uses homeopathy you you know it really empowers you so much because it might not be practical for a vet to even come out to where you are I mean we're rural where we live not not that rural but we had horses Mm. for a little while and one of them Mm. had colic it was going to be eight hundred dollars to have the vet out and we ended Mm. up using some colosynthus and we walked it was Mm. just like a a pony Mm. walked him and we gave him um something else as well it was a herbal thing that just made his bowels go Mm. Uh, which I can remember what it was now. And um, mm. he was fine by the next morning, but it was, mm. you know, several hours of walking him, giving him the homeopathics, mm. but we saved an $800 vet bill, which was really yeah. great. Um, and your horse. Yeah, and the horse, most importantly. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then there's no guarantee if the vet had come. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The, the, what they do works. I mean, mm. obviously most of the time it works, but yeah. not always. And sometimes early intervention with a homeopathic remedy Mm-hmm. is really superior to late intervention because mm-hmm. of time, distance, travel, 
pharmaceutically. So, you know, that's what we always say to our farmers is, you know, don't not call the vet, always call the vet, but do something while you're waiting, because while you're waiting, you may actually start to solve the problem Mm. and you've got a double plus then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just um, I just remembered it was slippery elm, slippery elm oh, powder. Slippery elm. Oh, yeah, okay. to the horse. Yeah, yeah. That worked really yeah. well. Um, mm. Yeah. No, that's amazing. And like you said, you know, call the vet anyway, or or seek that advice. But there's something that you yeah. can do, and some that there's so yeah. much power in actually being able to feel like you're doing something and not just standing yeah. around. Yeah. So that's really wonderful. Yeah. And also, you know, we do talk to farmers about actually their state of being as well, mm. how they are because. Oh, wow. If you're really stressed uh, in a situation, your animals are going to pick that up. Um, I mean, I know particularly domestic animals, obviously, but even animals which are on on your farm. If you're calm and you're working it through and you're actually thinking about what you can do for your animal, your energy is going to be much better Mm. uh, and you're going to be able to help your animals vital force to feel um, more at ease and much more likely to overcome whatever it is um, that's going on so you know there's quite a lot of um, yeah there's lots of layers to the way that we work with farmers and did, did you say that you teach them agro homeopathy as well? So how they can use homeopathy with their plants or is it mainly? We don't do that. Oh, okay. um, there are other organizations that do that. We really focus very much on uh, animal health. Okay, excellent. Yeah. So do, do you mention it to them at all about agro homeopathy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, a lot, a, lot of, a, a lot of the students who come on the course are very knowledgeable. So we have a real, a real mix. So you may have some people who come on the course who use homeopathy for a long time, have been using it with plants and crops. Um, and then we may have some others who have never even opened a book and have no idea what homeopathy is, mm-hmm. uh, particularly if, the perhaps the farmer who has um, herdsmen or, or people who work in the dairy, and they may well send their staff um, to learn how to use homeopathy. And sometimes they've, they have got no idea about what homeopathy is about. So, you know, it's, it's quite interesting for the teachers to um, have to be able to teach at all levels um, mm-hmm. but it works really well because the course materials are well well developed so that there's enough room there to challenge um, mm-hmm. somebody who perhaps has got more knowledge about homeopathy but also the materials are there um, to give people without any background knowledge really good backup. Mm-hmm. Amazing and where do your farmers tend to come from like how do you advertise yourself or how do you get the word out there? Um, quite often it's word of mouth advertising is expensive and um takes a huge amount of the budget um the farmers magazines um also organizations who already know about us and who already have farmers who you know use their services will refer us on um i've done some work with a local guy who has animal feed business uh, and he became converted to homeopathy and oh. now he talks to his um, clients about using homeopathy. And I've done a talk for him with his farmers about how homeopathy could be really helpful for them. So it tends to be, again, quite organic and at welly level. Mm-hmm. Uh, very often it is farmers talking to farmers and farmers, you know, get themselves into groups and sometimes ask the team to come to where they are 
perhaps in, say, Ireland or Wales. Mm. Or uh, I actually ran a course over here on the east side of the country um, for a group of farmers um, a few years ago now. So it tends to be through more organic methods rather than massive advertising campaigns. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's mainly because the organisation is quite small and is not for profit. And also it's about quality, really, rather than quantity. Mm-hmm. and um, we support farmers after they have done the course. So once they've done the course, um, we run either one-day workshops or I've written and run for the organisation a few lunchtime seminars uh, where we tackle things like coughs or mm. infections or we're going to do one in the autumn uh, about the birthing process. So you know, there's all different support networks available for people after they've actually finished the course. And of course, being online mm. makes that a lot easier. That's amazing. I wonder, Rachel, do you have some success stories that you want to share with us? Yeah, I have got one here. Somebody who did the course, he had a cow that had niggling mastitis over three weeks, not responding to antibiotics. So after the last session of the course, Um, When we came to use one of your remedies, which is called pulsatilla, Um, pulsatilla is a remedy which is often used a lot with young animals and also used a lot for, can be used for mastitis in humans as well. So when they did a timeline, so we we teach our farmers how to actually look at what has happened to the animal uh, over time. So rather than just saying, oh, the cow's got mastitis, what do we do? It's like, when did it start? You know, what was the um, thing that maybe upset the animal? What's the weather like? Um, Have we changed the feed? Have we changed perhaps something on the milking machine? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we really teach them how to do that. Mm -hmm. So when he said, we looked at the timeline, He said, I did what I was told on the timeline. And I thought back and I thought she'd had a creamy bland discharge. Okay, so and then worked out um, that that was after a change of feed. Mm. And of course, that's very much pulsatina. If you change feed and it becomes more rich, uh, that can sometimes cause a problem. Mm. And uh, basically looked at what was happening actually with the discharge um, in the milk and how the animal was, the demeanour of the animal as well. And um, after three days, she's back to normal and the milk yield is back up and and no antibiotics. Mm, Amazing. So, you know, there's lots of stories like that where people have been able to use homeopathy for a routine acute situation which normally would have meant antibiotics Mm. and they haven't had to use them we do have a mix of organic farmers and also um, more you know conventional farmers and of course it has a big impact on the bottom line if you can Mm. use homeopathy which is very much cheaper uh, and you've got healthy animals and you haven't got to stop using the milk Mm. Um, that makes a big difference but also just for all animals really if you're putting in your budget that you often have to spend a certain amount on on antibiotics and by using homeopathy you're actually reducing that farmers really like that because you know they're they're a business (laughs) you know they have to make money so um but they're they're a business but of course they they have an emotional investment in their animals as well so they want to see their animals healthy 
Mm. And it's such an important point that you touched on earlier, where if you continue, the more you use the homeopathy, the stronger your herd Mm. is going to become because Mm. pharmaceutical Mm. medication in its nature is very suppressive. So Mm. it's not actually allowing the body to heal itself. It's just suppressing symptoms. And yeah, I mean, if you're using the the longer you use the homeopathy Mm. on your animals, the stronger they're going to become Mm. and the stronger offspring they're going to be producing as well. And those offspring will be healthier. So it reduces your workload. It reduces your costs. Absolutely. Stress. It's just a really no brainer. Yeah, and we actually do teach what we call the pyramid of health, actually, when we start teaching farmers. So the bottom line is using homeopathic um, medicines on a herd level. So, you know, like um, a farmer would conventionally perhaps use a vaccination for tuberculosis. Mm. Um, We can actually um, put them in the direction of a very good pharmacist here in the UK in in Ainsworth's um, UK-based homeopathic pharmacy. And he's very experienced in actually working with farmers to use preventative medicine, um, basically put into the water supply that Mm -hmm. can actually help to reduce the reliance on um, uh, injections and vaccination. So that's the first level. The second level is what we teach, you know, I said at the beginning, which is about learning how to iron out those stressful times the next level is acute things like the mastitis then the next level is more chronic disease which is you know you notice that you know offspring of a certain animal tends to have very similar health issues so you begin to actually treat the animal much more as a whole and much more long term Uh, that's not quite advanced and sometimes you know, that's for any for people quite experienced with homeopathy. Mm-hmm. And then the top level is we actually look at the whole farm. And um, I've done some work with a farmer here and we found that he, his wife and his herd all needed the same remedy. <laughs> it's not surprising, then, really. <laughs> yeah. And then when Off we did that, everyone got better. And oh, the, whole, amazing. the whole energy of the farm changed. So You know, there's lots of levels that you can take it. Um, But even if you do the basic level right at the beginning, you're going to see an impact. Mm, Amazing. So, Rachel, um, how can people support this organization? You said it's a not-for-profit. How can they get involved and where can they reach you? Yeah, basically, they just need to go to um, the internet and tap in www.hall.co.uk. So that's H-A-W-L. or they can type in homeopathy at welly level. Mm-hmm. And the welly is spelt with uh, I-E. Um, and the homeopathy is the old way of spelling it with the extra E's. <laughs> <laughs> so, a- so H-O-M-O-H-O-M-O-E-O. That's it. Homeopathy, yeah, basically. So if they just type that in and that should bring up the hall um, website and then they can contact Chris Lees is the is the uh, organizer of the mm-hmm. organization she was the it's her baby really oh that's incredible thank you so much for coming on today Rachel is there one You're last welcome. thing that you want to mm-hmm. leave our listeners with one last message that you want to get out there of you know homeopathy and how it can help people and and yeah Um, Basically, um, seeing homeopathy as just part of your life and stepping back and trusting yourself and your skills of observation and taking some homeopathy perhaps yourself just to calm down before you step back and look at everybody else. The same same things to to my mums, 
you know, when they rang me, ring me in a flap and say, oh, you know, little Johnny's got a fever. And it's like, well, just stop for a moment and tell me, you know, what's happening, you know, mm. how hot is he? And then actually it often works out that once they actually stop and think, they often know exactly what to do. And it's what they say with the farmers. You yeah. often know. And, and that, that thing to do, maybe calling the vet. I mean, you know, there's no heroics here. You don't have to not mm-hmm. use the vet. But sometimes the stepping back and thinking mm-hmm. is Absolutely. the biggest step. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on today. And I really hope there's some farmers and also some Australian homeopaths that get in touch mm-hmm. with you about um, yeah. c- coming on board with this program. And the more farmers we can empower with this knowledge, the healthier the whole world is going to be at the yeah. end of the day. Because yeah. at the end of the day, that if we are consuming those animals and it's mm-hmm. it's coming from great source and the and the farms yeah. are healthy, it's everyone benefits yeah. at the end of the day. So Absolutely. thank you for doing the work that you do. You're welcome. Thank you for having me along. It's a pleasure. Chat soon. Bye. Okay, bye.